Welcome once again to another episode of the Random Access Podcast, brought to you by RAPodcast.net. This is episode 287, recorded live on Sunday, December 23rd, 2012, and here are your hosts, the man who saw Brendan and Julie today, Dave Play. Hey, hey. And the man who saw them last weekend, Andy Lowe. Hi. I mean, that's really what you're going with for the opening? Yeah. Okay. Seeing two people that most of our audience has never met. True. But it's the showing the still... That these two people that most of the audience has never met have traveled? Yes. But we traveled last weekend, so they didn't travel, but now you, they're you traveled traveling. traveled to them, and now they... For all they know, we could have both traveled to them, I suppose. So it doesn't even tell them a lot of information. No. You're really stretching on some of these openings, aren't you? You know, after doing 200, well, minus how many random topics? (laughs) I think we're at like 14 random topics. So over 250. 21 random topics? Yes. Wow. We've been doing pretty good about those this year. I know. There was the one episode we had to miss, though, because we ran out of random topic recaps. Yes. But now we should have... We, we should have material for a couple more. Yes. Good. See, the last one land ended on 247. Okay, we got plenty. Yes. But I'm saying, after like 260 I mean, I could always episodes... Episodes, too, that the starts, too. But that's my thing. That's your thing. It started as my thing. And then it became my thing. And we yeah. learned our lesson from that. Yeah, which is that you can't... Never mind. <laughs> what? What were Nothing. you going to say? Good afternoon, Andy. Afternoon, Dave. This fantastic Sunday before Christmas Eve, before Christmas. I'm not going to say anything about my Eve, Eve. Your Christmas Eve, Eve? Yes. Okay. Why aren't you... Never mind. You're not going to say anything about it. I'm not going to ask. Uh-huh. I get to work Christmas Eve day. What? I'm working Christmas Eve day. So am I. What are you doing? I'm going into work. To do what? Projects that I have. I'm working on getting certified a new uh, new application. Mm. So a new part of our own software. We have internal certifications saying, like, yes, I know how to use this. Well, that's I mean, hopefully if you're teaching other people, you know how to use the software. Well, I mean, funny thing is I can teach them how to report on it without knowing the actual procedures to that, that happen in it. Hmm. I mean, I could teach you how to get information out of our RA podcast database. You don't need to know how that information gets in there. True. It's just like the fact that I could tell you how to read what your check engine light says on your car without knowing... The workings of an internal combustion engine. Yes. Yes. Okay, I get it. Right? Yes. Yes, even your Prius has a four-stroke internal combustion engine. Yes. And winter tires. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much, by the way. Thank you so much for, for doing that research and encouraging me. Which option did you go with? I'm just curious. The Continental, the, the super expensive. Okay. Yeah, they make up a world of difference, don't they? Holy shit. Okay, so Prius, for those of you who are not familiar with a Prius, uh, has a low friction tire to begin with. Yes. This is so that you get better gas mileage when you're out on the highway. Because the less friction with the road, the less drag on the car. Okay, simple physics. Well, when there's ice or water on the road, that less friction means it's a little harder to start. It's also a little harder to control. That's why um, race cars, if you look at their tires, they're normally just a single sheet, flat sheet of rubber. Okay. That way... Low friction? Yeah, low friction and such. But as soon as it rains... Because there are no treads in the tire. Yeah, they're going to slide everywhere. Yeah. So that's why they have to switch tires when it rains during car races. Yeah. Um, so so low, low friction tires, not, not so good when you get 17 inches of snow overnight. <laughs> we got an inch. 17 inches of snow. It is up in places because it was also with 50 mile per hour winds. Oh, so you had piling snow. We have drifting snow and piling snow. There are places where it comes to my knee. That is 24 inches, give or take. It's a lot of snow. It's an incredible amount of snow. Um, lots and lots and lots of snow. So I, you know, and, and Madison doesn't salt their roads. They use sand? Nope. What do they use? What makes you assume they use anything? 
Wait, are you allowed to use chains in Wisconsin nope. or no? No? You're not allowed to use chains and they well, don't salt the rings. I haven't seen anyone with chains. I don't know that you're not allowed to use them, but I assume you're not allowed to use chains. Because normally they'll either A, salt the roads, or B, let you use chains. One of the No two. chains, no, no salt. Oh. So the roads are a little bad. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you know, it's, it's better for the road, it's better for the car, but it's really bad to drive on. So I, I, you know, I, I got a Christmas bonus, and so I had a little extra cash, and Laura suggested, hey, let's put some winter tires on the car. And so I asked Andy if it was worth putting winter tires on the car. That's all I asked, by the way. Andy, what do you think about winter tires? That was it. And about 20 minutes later, Andy said, hey, there's a place that's like four miles north of you. They will do it for such and such a price. They will store your tires, et cetera, et cetera. Because Dave had already said he'd given me the option of um, – he just asked what I thought about winter tires. Well, let me see if I actually still have that. All I said was, what do you think – like, are winter tires worth it, I think was the actual phrase. Something like that. And then Andy says, like, well, will they store your summer tires? I'm like, no. He's like, well, how much is it going to cost? And I goes, here's the price. And Then he went off and just started doing research. All right. Is it worth buying and installing winter tires? I asked, is it front or rear wheel drive, rear wheel drive? Are they going to store the tires? Because you said Toyota will charge 136 per tire. Front wheel, by the way. Prius is front wheel. Oh, that would make sense. Yes. So we talked about storage and such, and then, yeah, I came back with the with secondary like option. Everything. <laughs> and that's the one that, that I went with, because it actually... Oh my god. So to start the car on the snow with the normal tires, the wheels spin. Yeah. I mean they they just they'll spin in place. You aren't going anywhere and in fact the Prius has a traction system. Basically it attempts the anti-lock braking system when you're trying to start. Yeah, so, my uh brother's Mercedes-Benz does that. Yeah, which is really kind of kind of uh disorienting and disconcerting, but whatever. Yeah. Um but, you know, it takes a while to start. And, and with the winter tires, it's just you go. You just go. That's it. You move. It's fantastic. Get winter tires. Preferably at a place that will store them for you. So this place is going to cost me about 100 bucks a year. But 100 bucks a year, it seems a small price to pay for... Actually tr- having traction. Yeah. Yeah. So they'll they'll switch the tires, they will store the other set, and it's going to be about 100 bucks a year. That sounds about right. It'd be easier if you didn't have that stupid tire pressure monitoring system, but... Because I could just switch them myself? Yeah. I don't know. Switching tire... I, I, hmm. It's just like... Well, if you had the they tires... A tire, because you... Like, okay, so you there's the, sex of the secondary thing is that. if you'd have the rims, too. Right. If you have winter tires and some a sort of secondary rim, and you had them connected... Then yeah, it's then easy, it's, just like changing just a changing flat tire. But without that, and that's significantly more expensive. Yeah, because you need rims, which you probably could find at some junkyard. Because if they're winter tires, you're probably not going to care about flashy rims in the middle of snow. No, yeah, you know, Andy, I'm I'm good leaving it the way it is. I'll pay the hundred bucks a year. But yeah, they make a world of difference, don't they? Oh my god. Like, I, I don't need to worry about it anymore. I don't need to worry, like, okay, very carefully, very slowly, ease on the brake. You know, just go. Yeah, after I got my Benz, I was working for the uh, Census Bureau. I switched to winter tires during the middle of winter, and oh my gosh, it made so much better. Oh. Yeah. Holy crap. So thank you for, for the encouragement and the research. Uh, also, Wisconsin's laws are not very clear. You may have to look up Madison's local laws. They may be different. I don't know if it's Wisconsin doesn't salt their roads or just Madison. And potentially it's just Madison because we've got these huge lakes. They don't want the salt running off into them. Okay. Tire chains are explicitly forbidden unless snow, ice, or other similar weather conditions make driving safer with the chains than without them. (laughs) So don't use chains unless there's ice? Yes. Okay. Interesting. So technically, it's not a seasonal issue. If winter, it's, I love how the state code actually says this. This is not a seasonal issue. If it's winter but the roads are clear, a person can be pulled over and fined heavily for, for having chains, chains on their tire. But if there's snow on the ground, yes, you can wear chains. Yes. Interesting. I'm not planning on wearing chains. I'm I'm fine with my Prius the way it is. Okay. Now that it has winter tires. 
So, should we actually talk about something that's, you know, technology or video game? I mean, winter tires is tech. Have you, did, you know... Just... Well, yeah, it's made with an entirely separate rubber compound, and the tread is different. It's yeah. It's actually a thicker tread. It's really cool, though, because at the tire place, they had two samples of rubber. One from the rubber that uh, a summer tire is made out of, and one from the rubber that a winter tire is made out of. And they are both sitting in their freezer. And so they just pull them out and hand them to you. And like, all right, flex that one. And you can't. It's a fucking hockey puck. Yeah. And they hand you the other one and say, flex that. And it bends and flexes. And it's really cool. Which is why you don't want to have winter tires on during the summer. Yes. Because they will basically almost melt. Yes. Which is not good. No. Don't melt your tires. Oh, burning rubber smells horrible. Yes. Oh. Okay. I suppose we can talk about things now. <laughs> Steam sale. Oh, Steam sale. Have you purchased anything in the Steam sale? Yes, I know you have. Yes, we were going to, you know, do the swap with Sim 4. You but never you... responded. Kate responded with Llama, and then you never that responded Because <laughs> I figured it was Kate <laughs> taking control of your computer. I was off doing other things. What the hell am I supposed to respond to Llama with? Like, yes, uh, Maxis has this fascination with Llamas, but so does Kate. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's live. I'm surprised. Well, I'm kind of saddened. Remember how they used to do like the little badge stuff? Yeah, like, you know, do this and this and this to get a badge? Yeah. Well, I mean, they do have the badge. It's just not achievements in the games anymore. That was fun. Yes, and it encouraged people to buy games. I because know. Because they'd try and get the badge. How am I doing on my holiday sale badge? I still need to buy a gift. I still need 10 items in my wish list. I still need 15 community choice votes. Well, that's the 15 choice votes is going to take the time. Yep. Does that mean you have to get, like, every single vote? Because it's two a day. It's two a day, and it goes till January 5th. Okay, so you don't need to get every single one. No. Most of them. Yes, which reminds me, I should vote on this current one. Yes, of course, doing that with your phone makes it significantly easier. Well, that's also one of the achievements is to log on from your phone, so. Yep. So if you don't have Android, sucks to be you. Yep. Maybe you could borrow a friend's phone and sign on from there. (laughs) <laughs> download an emulator just for the steam sale now that is a little bit of an achievement whore hunting achievement hunting whore I, just achievement whore we'll achievement whore I think is, is good enough oh I need more items on my wish list I don't even know what the hell's on my wish list nothing oh, good the sims 3 I don't need that anymore I can remove that Duke Nukem forever what no stop that phone uh-huh. I turned you on silent for a reason damn it do I have mist on Steam? I thought I did. Or do I have real mist? I mean, once you have it, it should drop off of your wish list. Yes, but I have other versions of these things. Ah. Like, I don't need the mist masterpiece edition because I have real mist. <laughs> yeah, my wish list is just a bunch of Civ scenario packs. I mean, those are good. Yep. The one thing that I'm really considering buying and making like a significant investment. This is the first really big sale now that they have software, ah. not just games. And some of that software is really good, like Game Maker Studio. Now, Game Maker Studio itself is free, but the modules to publish them to things like HTML5, Android, iOS are 100 bucks each. <laughs> but they're 50% off. But still, that's a lot. Well, but, you know, you wouldn't buy all of them. I'm not going to buy the Studio Phone 8. I'm not going to publish to Windows Phone. But I could see picking up, like, the, the professional version, which is 50 bucks, and then uh, the Android pl- Android and potentially the iOS plugin. Oh, God, iOS is $200 normally. <laughs> Holy shit. So is Android. What the hell? Okay, maybe not picking up Android just yet. It's a hundred bucks plus the the studio is you know the the actual thing is free but you can get the professional version for a hundred bucks. Which is the game that uh, Daisy is based out of? Is it Arma? Arma two. 2. Okay, I'm gonna add that to my wish list. Okay, Andy. Yes. Get off of Steam. Okay. I now have twelve items on my wish list. We are recording. Why are you achievement hunting while we are recording? I'm not. I already had the ten things on my wish list. Okay. Well, then get off of Steam. I was trying to segue, too. Well, except you were doing Daisy and not Warzy. Oh, yeah. Those are two different things. And I would highly advise you not to be doing the Warzy on Steam. Well, isn't it off of Steam now? Uh, I think Valve took it down. 
They might have put it back up now, and it might be more accurate. Let's see. War Z. War Z and War Z trailer. The War Z. It's back up. You can't purchase it, but it's back up. Like, it's just sitting there on Steam now. So, <laughs> this this was a case of oops. This was a case of a, a group of people managing to finagle their way in. A, they are riding on other things' coattails. So, there's been this huge resurgence of zombie games, and this is no exception. Well, let me just, yeah, point out the fact that War Z and Daisy, um, I guess, when War Z was named in order to. War Z actually came first, I think. July 19th, 2012, when War Z was officially announced. Okay. When was Daisy announced? Probably before that. Probably. Daisy. Uh, da, 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 da. Uh, sometime in 2012. <laughs> That's so helpful, Andy. It doesn't say. Anyway, War Z got themselves on Steam. Except the game is hardly finished. It's barely, it, I, it would barely qualify as a beta. And they promised a ton of stuff in the game description that wasn't implemented. And this made people very, very, very angry. Understandably so, Andy. Yeah, it was bad. Well, the, the link I had on there was basically a timeline of everything that was wrong with this thing, starting all the way back in July to the present day. There's oh god it's, it's how did it get this far? First off, the executive producer of the game was the guy who did Big Rigs Over the Road Racing. Wait a minute, isn't that one of like the worst games in history? Yes, that it shipped is. with fuck tons of bugs. It it shipped with three courses out of the five that actually could work. One was a duplicate of the other, and if you loaded the other courses. Oh, sorry. Five courses. Three would work. One was a duplicate of the other three, and one crashed the game. There were four trucks that you could pick. Only three of them would actually let you pick them. And you try driving over a bridge, and you would actually drive down into the valley underneath the bridge. It, it, it's, it's, just watch the YouTube videos of it. <laughs> wow. These guys are so not cool. No. So yeah, it was a guy who made a bad game before, and now they were using screenshots from other games, just edited with Photoshop. and To make them look like their own game. Yeah, it's... This is what... It almost seems like... This is called... Well, I, I don't even know at this point. This, I mean, this is phantom marketing. And luckily... Well, granted, people bought the game, unfortunately. Steam was refunding. Yes. After Steam was people offering complained. refunds. Enough people complained. Which I'm glassing is a good thing that enough people complained and Steam looked at it and was like, wait a second. Yeah, I mean, it should never have gotten there in the first place, though. Yeah, I don't know. I see this, and in my head, I think this is like the dark side of Zenga. Yeah, where they're just stealing. I mean, Zynga is pretty much entirely the dark side, but where they're just blatantly stealing things. Well, this seems like it's even a darker side, because Zenga's games actually, you know, worked. worked. <laughs> For this the most like, part. Somebody stole an idea, threw two pieces of twine on a piece of crap, and then threw it out there. It was like, eh. At least Zenka games work. Wait, they even copied their terms of use from League of Legends? Yes. The fuck? The gaffe in the terms of services was a legitimate mistake. No, no, it wasn't. This is why you have lawyers to write the terms. My God, these people are asses. Yeah. Wow. It's a cacophony of errors. This is bad. <laughs> okay. Well, then. I don't know what to, to, to say about that. That's pretty terrible. Yeah, it's not good. And luckily... Luckily, people recognize that. Unfortunately, yeah. it was after a lot of them already purchased the game. Yep. Oh, dear, oh, dear, oh, dear. All right. Well, what else do we have? Um. Let's see. We got... Do you want to talk about... Well, everybody knows what the, the Sandy Hook shootings, which then were um, quickly blamed on violent video games. Thanks it was blamed to... on many things. Well, let's, yes. Let's but... clarify. Uh, so first off, it was a tragedy. Yes. Uh, we are going to talk about the details of it in and of itself. There's been plenty of other news coverage. You can go and find out what happened. Almost too much news coverage. Yeah. But we would like to, of course, investigate the technology video game side because... You know, immediately people came out and said, oh, this is because of our violent culture and the culture of video games where it's okay to just start shooting cops and shooting little kids. 
So, what do you got, Andy? Well, the fact that, okay, so after this came out there, everybody went to the violent video games because they found out that the shooter may have played video games like Call of Duty and StarCraft. I read that and I think, okay, so that's one of the two most popular video games, one on the PC side, one on the console side. Mm-hmm. It's basically like saying, hey, this kid who grew up in the digital era <laughs> played video games. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's kind of even more than that. It's like, hey, this kid had a life. Yeah. He breathed. He was a living being. He was a white male and played video games. Wow. Yep. But now there's uh, Senator Jay Rockefeller has introduced legislation to study the violent or the study the impact of violent video games on children. You know, as long as it's a fair study. Yeah. I support that. Rockefeller's bill would... I think there's more... Yeah, there's other things I'd rather have them spend the money on, but... Yeah. He wants the uh, NAS, the National Academy of Sciences, to lead the investigation and refile a report within 18 months. Ooh, don't know if that's enough time. Yeah, that's... It's a bit of a quick turnaround there. Okay. So that was one of the results of that. The other one was the NRA's horrible, horrible speech. NRA blamed video games. There's, there, there is a lot of interesting stuff that's come out of this as far as gun rights and, and people requesting a national conversation about this. And I think my favorite one was the, the refuting of the guns don't kill people, people do, mm-hmm. with cars don't kill people, people do. <laughs> but we you know have licenses for, gun, for cars, and you can lose that. And... Well, okay, so let's think about this, so... Then you you could okay you could just extend that guns don't kill people people do to games don't kill people people yep. do well but I mean Andy that that's our side of the argument I know it's our side of the argument it, it's not the game's fault it just seems we always it's almost like the scapegoat to go to it is it's there it's convenient of course it's the go to scapegoat not to talk about our mental health issues in America or the fact that. His mother was able to purchase the guns and not store them correctly. Mm-hmm. It, uh. Okay, yep. so the NRA did their speech. And you know how bad the NRA speech was? How bad was it? Remember uh, Senator Lee, or Senator Yee? Yeah, Leland Yee. The guy who... California, who who'd had his thing go up to the, the Supreme Court and got defeated? Yes. Yes, I remember Leland Yee. He actually posted an email out to people. After, after the NRA did the thing, he sent out an email statement to everybody, basically saying, yeah, the NRA um, is not smart. Really? When you have <laughs> proponents of anti-violent video games coming out to you and saying, no, you guys are wrong, something's wow. wrong. Wow, what did they say? I'm not exactly sure. I, I don't know, <laughs> but what? I hear it's bad. How... <laughs> Yeah, it, I mean, this would be like Jack Thompson coming out and saying, like, nope, the NRA is wrong. Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> Which, has Jack Thompson actually spoke out on this? He's, he had to have spoken out about this. I'm sure he's been on Fox or something. Let's see. I feel like if we speak his name too many times, though. No, it's only if you do it backwards. Oh. In a mirror. <laughs> oh, yeah, video games are to blame for Connecticut shooting, says Jack Thompson. Oh, Jack. Who didn't see that did one coming? That? Why did you have to do that, Jack Thompson? <sighs> Other note I got from publicity-loving anti-gaming ex-lawyer Jack Thompson. <sighs> oh, this is great. You people at Kotaku have blood on your hands. You have facil- facilitated the infestation of an entire generation of young men who have now come of age, like this sociopath in Connecticut, who were raised on violent video games and who see the killing scenarios therein as a means to solving their problems. I warned you at Kotaku that a day like this would come, and now it has come. Congratulations. Hand sanitizers won't ever remove... Oh, I won't ever room the blood. I think it's supposed to be remove. Room the blood on your greedy little hands. Jack Thompson, Miami. Wow. Holy shit. Is it me, or did Jack Thompson just go crazier? I think so. Or it might just be he's oh, at this level of crazy, but he's been... There's an extended email conversation, including, I understand you are a moron, from Jack. But I think about the previous things with Jack Thompson, and it's been that almost that same level of crazy. I just think it's been gone for so long 
then when I, it comes back, we're here, not I'm, used to I'm it gonna, anymore. I'm going to post this real quick. Jack Thompson responds. That's something to read through. Holy crap. Dude's fucking nuts. So it seems like every time there's a tragedy, we have this argument, and then nothing happens. Yep, welcome to the United States of America. Uh, I mean, it is. It, it's kind of what happens here. It's terrible, it's shameful, it's awful, but it's, you know, we'll see what comes of it. Yeah. So speaking of the average gamer, yes, uh, Concordia University did a study, um, actually working with people from MIT, uh, to track demographics of sports gamers. Really? So specific subset. Those Madden heads. What, what are we defining as a sports gamer? Well, people who play sports video games. Does that include you and me? Um, well, actually, we pretty much are the average sports gamer. Uh-oh. <laughs> the average sports gamer is male, 98.4%. White. Holy crap. 80%. And in their mid-20s, with the average age being 26 years. So we're slightly over the hill. Yeah, okay. But again, I mean, what are they defining as, you know, if if I have Laura sit down with me and play NCAA 2012 for 20 minutes, does that make her a sports gamer? Um, Or let's expand this. Does it include things like Griffball? I am not sure because I cannot actually access the actual study. Con.sagepub.com? Yes, you have to be a member to actually read the journal entry. Ah, I know. It's not a study if it's not public. <laughs> the survey results are also showed that sports gamers are drawn from a more traditional demographic of game players. 93% of sports gamers identify as sports fans. Well, that's no surprise there. Yeah, I'm... <laughs> The people who buy Madden are going to be... The reason you play a game like Madden is in the off-season. Yeah. Now, are they counting... I mean, again, like fantasy football? Are those sports gamers? <laughs> those That's a guys, whole different group. Yeah. But they, they are playing a game. It involves sports. It also <laughs> involves statistics and probability, but they don't realize that. The, the professor who headed the study actually says, perhaps one of the biggest findings to emerge from this study is unsurprising, but finally documented. It's like he has an can hypothesis you, that you, we all know is true. Yeah, it's like the, the, the you know, oxygen is a gas. We've proved. <laughs> we have proof. Snow is cold. I think water is wet. Let's do a hypothesis on that. Let's test that. <laughs> Why, yes, water is wet. I'm glad we finally have that written down. Andy, can can you just like I, I'm is his name in the article somewhere? Mia Consalvo, or her name, I guess. Um, I I think we need to to uh, contact this professor and actually say, look, can you? Uh, it is yeah, a she. Maya, Maya Consalvo is a she, and say like, can you talk to us a little bit about this? Is uh, hmm. or Abe Stein and Constantine Mitguch. Ah, uh, Concordia University in Canada. Okay. Yeah, I I think this in this requires a little bit of uh, investigation on our part, Andy. Wow. Okay. Look, okay. Let me just list some of her previous papers. <laughs> Water uh, is wet. Um, let's see. Video Tries. game content, game text, or something else. Hot dates and fairy tale romances. Studying sexuality in video games. Women and everyday uses of the internet. Women and games. Technologies of the gender itself. The monster next door. Media constructions of boys and masculinity. Console video games and global corporations, game analysis. So this is mostly a gender studies person. Yeah, looking for gender. Homogeny, virtual census, there is cyber slaying, Zelda 64, and video game fans. What type of paper is that? I don't know, but I kind of want to meet this person and, and sit down and talk with her. Well, the first, if you Google her name, the first result is your contact information, so... What I need you to do, Dave, yeah, is contact her. And see about getting her a spot sometime sure. early next year. Sure. Okay. Weren't you going to take over, like, coordinating? I was, and then Whatever I Whatever happened to the PAX 10? Yeah, is that also is not Like our favorite episode yet. of the year? All right, I need to do something about that. Yeah, I think it's a little late. <laughs> I mean, we could still do it because we could still get a very interesting take of like, how has the result been since the PAX 10? Have you seen that it? That was my original idea, actually. Okay, well, let's let's get back to work on that. Instead of researching winter tires for Dave, 
we can start organizing with the PAX 10 again. Um, also, you need to submit your character profile. Yeah, I need to figure out what class I'm playing. Oh, I was going to wait till everybody else was there and try and fill in a hole. Uh, I think but I'm thinking we're all just waiting around to see what the holes are. Yeah, make a decision, Andy. All right. Okay. So, so speaking of gender and gaming, yeah, the game loft party. The game loft party. That's okay. I suppose that fits. So game loft, um, a, a gaming mobile platform. Yes. Very popular on Android. Very successful in the last year or so. Had a holiday party. It was a holiday party, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, and in fact, they didn't have just one holiday party. They had one for each of their regional offices and. Some of those offices... I turned my phone off, son of a... Why is it still making noise? I don't know. Not me. It is completely muted now, or it should be. Um, so, anyway, what was I... I was, Game Loft, right. Yes. Uh, they, they left the kind of events up to those regional managers, and one of them invited a group of burlesque dancers to the party. Because, you know, why not? <laughs> oh. Kind of like what CCP does. Oh, those CCP parties. I remember during one of the C-Labs, we had a couple of the passes to the CCP party. CCP. Yep. And we were going to give those to people to have them leave the party because we didn't want them there. Nice. Because we knew that was too much of a good thing to pass up. But all of us were like hanging out with everybody at C-Lab, so we didn't care about it. Yep. So, uh, they, they had in the contract, now, you know, people are going to be like, oh, you know, this company is hiring burlesque dancers, they're doing inappropriate things for, for a company, and this is terrible and awful. And the contract actually stated that the, the dancers had to remain clothed. And they showed up topless. That's, they're not reading your own contract. They didn't show up topless. Oh. But through the course of the party, they removed their tops. And attempted to dance with several of the employees. And this made several people uncomfortable. Yes, it would. (laughs) The original report was, hey, I'm at a game loft party and there's topless dancers. (laughs) There's strippers here. Uh, Which was kind of a public outcry and a PR nightmare for game loft. Going like, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck. And it turns out the dancers kind of took it on their own initiative to remove their tops. And that the contract had actually stated, no, you have to remain clothed. I think it was bathing suits at the least. And they violated that contract, and they were asked to leave as soon as it came to light. Which is a good thing for Gameloft, but in my head, I'm seeing they're like, hey, I mean, at this party, we're expect- going to have fire. <laughs> and oh my god. It burned the place down. <laughs> What a surprise that, oh my god, you were playing with fire and someone got burned. Yep. Really? That's shocking. Well done, people. Well, But, I mean, at, at the same time, they did take the, the appropriate steps. A, they had the contract there in the first place. And B, they asked these people to leave. I think that this was, I mean, I've, I've never been particularly happy with Gameloft, but I think that this was a, a good thing. This worked out for them. This worked out in the end, but then at the beginning, you have to ask, okay, whose idea was it to bring burlesque dancers to a holiday party? I don't know. That, that was a bad idea. <laughs> it was a bad idea that, had a, that caused a problem that had a good ending. But we wouldn't have gotten in this mess in the first place. Oh... All right, what do we have? Something that's not ridiculous. I mean, on this show, really? <laughs> T-Mobile. Okay. T-Mobile is upgrading an incredible number of their cities to the new 1900 megahertz uh, 4G HSPA. Does that include what areas? Let's see, New York? Oh, New York, Newark, Boston, and like all of the surrounding tiny cities. Springfield, Mass., Providence, Rhode Island, Philadelphia, Detroit, and Warren, which may or may not get all the way out to Ann Arbor. Uh, So you get out to Dearborn. Yep. So you're getting out to the airport. Yep. Uh, Dallas, Fort Worth, Austin, San Antonio, Tampa, and of course, generally the surrounding areas. So they're building out their network. Yep. Which is interesting because they're building out their HSPA network, and weren't they? I mean, aren't they going to make the jump to LTE? LTE soon? with Metro PC. Well, the Metro PCS agreement hasn't actually gone through yet. So this is a like in the meantime measure. I guess so. Didn't we say like that even if the thing got signed right away, that it was going to take at least a couple of years? Yeah, I guess. And this has probably been in the works for a while anyway. Probably. 
I'm still not on 4G on the Sprint network over here. I want my LTE, damn it. At least you have cell phone service on your network, you know, within 10 miles of your house. Well, yes, that's true. I drive 10 miles up the road, and I don't have cell phone service. There's an AT&T network, but no. Can I access it? No. You can roam on it? No. What? Because I'm close enough to the Kalamazoo area that the roaming agreements between T-Mobile and AT&T were dropped. What? Yep. Hence why I have to have an AT&T Go phone for work. Yeah. Well, that kind of sucks. I'm sorry. Which is funny because I'm like a mile and a half. As soon as I get onto 131, which is like a mile west of where I work, I get full bars. Mm -hmm. As soon as I get into town itself. Nothing. Nothing. That's too bad. Yep. So let's see. Game making AI. This guy out in England. You didn't mean mean making game AIs? No, a game making AI. This guy in England has built an AI with the purpose that this AI would then go and start designing games. Huh. So that it will continually generate new games. It will work on them, program them, that they will have elements of gameplay in them to make them fun, exciting, and new. Well, that seems interesting. Yeah, the, the AI has produced its first game. I wonder what parameters the AI uses for what makes a good game. I don't know. <laughs> you can play the game. It's on Android, and it's free. Yep. So you can try it out. A puzzling present. I'm kind of terrified about this. So it's you an can AI. rate the levels and send it back as feedback. So it's an AI that will be designing games. Huh. Skynet. <laughs> Well, it's always interesting. Like, um, did you ever play, like, Halo 2 with the uh, commentary on? Nope. Oh. I've played Half-Life 2 with the commentary. That's what I meant. Okay. What did I say? Halo. Oh. Pretty sure Bungie didn't release commentary for Halo. No. Didn't they release it from one of the later games, or no? Or was that all Valve who did the commentary? I'm pretty sure it's just Valve that does the commentary. The little spinning dot, dot, dots. Yep. That's actually pretty interesting to hear, like, people doing... The scientific metrics of looking at the video games when, doing the, when people are doing the play tests. Like, everybody died here. So we decided to make this section easier. Yep. And so most of that stuff uses computers to realize, wait a second, there's a problem at this point. We can easily fix this. It's not really using computers. It's just using data. It has nothing to do with the computers. Okay, so the AI uses the data. Yeah. AI is just parsing data. That's what the humans would do. Yep. And this AI, if you, if you read the linked article, which goes back to the original release of this back in March, the AI is acting as kind of the composer, as they say. Like, I'm, I'm quoting it, act as the composer, building something fun from the different ingredients. And the ingredients are still human-built. Okay. So, like, you know, it's, it's not designing sprites for the game, but it's, it's trying to organize everything. And it's kind of interesting and So terrifying. it's basically an AI creating level designs. And, well, overall game design and and level designs, and I'm not sure where he's taking it and how far he's taking it, but holy crap, it's kind of terrifying. Hmm, that seems very interesting. Uh, speaking of computers and stuff, we got two Raspberry Pi topics. Yeah. Uh, the first one is they have their own app store. Okay. Of course, because you know. I mean, it's a platform. Why not? You have to have an app store now, so why not? Yep. And the second one is somebody built their own portable version of the Raspberry Pi. It's very um, DIY, but still, it's an interesting read. People are like, oh, well, yeah, I took the uh, LCD screen from this. I took a laptop battery from here. I wired some stuff together, and I made a case out of a contained 3D printer. It's kind of cute. Yeah. Looks like a little tiny DS, but it's a whole freaking Raspberry Pi in there. So you can combine that with the uh, video store. Not video, so the Raspberry Pi store. Yep, and you could get a Raspberry Pi stuff on the go. Kind of cool. Kind of cool. I've always wanted to try something with the Raspberry Pi, but... Like what? I don't know. It's a $35 computer on a card. Yes, but what are you going to do with it? That's... That's the problem I've always had, is having too much well, openness. So, so, like, right now, I've got the uh, my G2. Yes. What do I do with it? That is an excellent question. I have it. Yes. It's right here. It's, in fact, in my hand. There's no SIM card in it. There is no active SIM card in it. There is a SIM card. It's just not registered on the network anymore. Okay. So what do I do with it? I mean, it, it's a computer. It's yeah. a freaking Android device. I, I could I, have it be, like, a, a small, very small media server. 
uh, I don't know. <laughs> what do we do with old electronics? Recycle it. I but mean, do I could really? donate this phone. But it's perfectly fine, other well, than the fact that you're not using it as a phone. And Laura's pointing out the fact I still have my G1, in fact. <laughs> it's like a museum of my old phones. You can see the progress. It's actually a really cool pro- uh, progression, because it goes from the G1 to the G2 to the S3. What did you have before the uh, G1? I had a little Motorola flip phone. You can put that on there, and you just literally have them all sitting next to each other. I don't think I still have it. Oh. I think I got rid of it. But, like, I just have this progression of phones, and, like, the screen keeps getting bigger. They're all good phones. Yeah. The G1 was fantastic when it came out. The G2 was top of the line. But what are we going to do with it? Because it's perfectly capable. There's nothing wrong with it. Could throw it up on eBay. You get, like, 10 bucks for it. I don't know. What is the eBay price for a G2 right now? But it's the same thing with, like, the Raspberry Pi. I mean, what are you going to do with it? There are people who lead, and there are people who follow. That okay. makes sense. No. There are the people who are able... There are people who... I, this was part of the... Uh, I was reading Rainbow Six, and then it got me into reading Without Remorse. So I'm starting at the very beginning of the Jack Ryan series. Crom, um, part of the thing... Not by publication, right? What? Yes. Okay. Story order. Yeah. But part of the thing they talked about was in that section where there, there are people who are like almost born leaders, the people who can take nothing and figure out something to do with it. And there are the people who are more inclined to be almost the grunts, where they, they are given parameters and able to work with them. But if they're giving too much free space, what do they do with it? I don't know. So are you suggesting that I, I am a grunt? I don't know. Because I can't figure out what to do with my old Android phones? I was also thinking about that as well. It's like, what do I do? I don't. I, I could do anything. Well, what does that mean? See, it's not that I can do anything. It's that I can't think of anything useful to do. Mm. See a need, fix a need. Like I understand, I could do stuff with it, but I have nothing that I need it for. Mm. I, I suppose I could try and find like, you know, I, I could have it be a, a passive information device. Just leave it plugged in near a windowsill and have it put up like the weather and the time. Um, you could get your ham radio license and use Echolink to do ham radio stuff. I, with I it. Don't, I'm good without a ham radio. I could leave it as a police scanner. Could, but why do you want a police scanner? I don't know. <laughs> I could actually, because the camera in it isn't that bad, is it? In the G2, it was a decent no, camera. Bad. Yeah. So I could leave it just hooked up somewhere, plugged in, and have it uh, take a picture every couple of hours wirelessly sync that picture back to Dropbox. Yeah, you could just put it up somewhere as a time-lapse camera. Yeah, just leave it. What do you want a time-lapse? How about the 17 inches of snow outside? Could. Anyway, we should probably finish up our topics. Yes. What do we have left? Um, Disney Infinity, which in my head, well, they haven't officially announced it, but leaks have been coming out. Basically, it's a Disney Pixar open sandbox. A Disney sandbox. Yes. Like Kingdom Hearts without the story? That's what I was thinking. I was thinking Kingdom Hearts without Square Enix and without a story. They're they're describing it as a gaming platform and will pull from both Disney and Pixar's full library of movie and television shows over time. Okay. So maybe like a Disney Pixar Minecraft? I guess. I don't know. We'll find out in January. But before then, it's just like, well, what is this? Because everybody got these crazy-looking uh, hologram, you know, the hologram things where you move them and the picture moves? Mm-hmm. They got weird hologram invitations for something, but nobody had any idea what was going on. Hmm. So some of those things where Disney's like, hey, Disney Infinity. And everybody's like, uh... What's that? <laughs> yeah, what's that? So first we've heard about it. And you guys don't want to tell us anything? Well, fine then. We'll see what we can find. Yeah. Okay. So... so maybe weird. it's like a game version of a Disney theme park where... Yeah, I'm, I'm picturing just like Disneyland. In fact, didn't Cartoon Network do something like this at one point? I don't know. I haven't paid attention to Cartoon Network since they changed their name the first time. To what? CN. Oh, did they actually? Okay. I think I knew that. And then I really stopped paying attention once they started playing things that were not cartoons. Oh, they've always done that. Calm down. Wait, when did they actually do 30-minute programming that was entirely live action? They had them. I'm trying to remember what it was called. It was garbage, but they had it. The closest they had was Space Ghost. No, Space Ghost it was Coast still a cartoon. Coast. Well, it had a cartoon, but it had live, live action people on there as guests. No, there were other things that Cartoon Network has done that were live action. I'm it was, it was a bunch of people in, like, animal costumes. I don't remember the name. One of our readers will probably call in, uh, email in, and be like, oh, it was this. 
readers, listeners. Wow. Callers, readers, listeners. One of our listeners will email in. <laughs> One of our readers will call in. Hmm. I think Dave is tired. It's 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Why are you tired? Uh, it's only 2.30 here. Mm. Anyway, we should probably get to the random review. Okay. Speaking of video game violence, I actually had predicted I was going to review this before all the stuff happened last week. But I'm or reviewing... Decide. What? Decided would be the better word, Andy. You didn't predict what you were going to review. True. I decided to review this before anything happened, but I'm reviewing Sniper Elite V2. Okay. Which is a third-person World War II shooter game. Okay. Now, it's different than Call of Duty because um, you're a sniper and bullets hurt a lot, especially if you're playing on the higher difficulty levels. If you're playing on the higher difficulty letter levels and you get hit by another sniper, mm-hmm. you're dead. So... Luckily, there are um, two other easier sniper difficulties to play on. There is also what I love, a custom difficulty mode. Okay. okay so there's, there's um, two things that affect the difficulty. One is the AI. So you can control if the AI is more aware of you, so they're not, you know, like blind AI. But they'll actually like see your shadow, hear your footsteps, that sort of stuff on okay. the higher difficulty levels. But then you can also affect the bullet trajectory. Because as we know, if you're sniping people over large distances, gravity and wind have an effect. Right. So you can actually adjust either A, if gravity has an effect, or B, if wind has an effect, or C, if gravity and wind have an effect on your bullet. Okay. So making it harder incrementally. Yes. Which I loved about that because I started playing just on the medium difficulty, which lets gravity have an effect but no wind. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, ah, let's try it on the slightly harder difficulty with wind. Totally which different. It, yeah. Oh my gosh. Sometimes if you're in an enclosed space, when there's no wind at all, but if you're out in the middle of a big open field and you're trying to shoot somebody, you have to know how much the wind is going to push that bullet around. Yep. I mean, I imagine not terribly much, just because A, it's so small, so there's going to be a very small cross-section with the wind, and B, it's moving so fast, the wind doesn't have a lot of time to push it. Well, there's still some. Yeah. Which they, they say when they were making this game that they were based, they tried to make it as realistic as possible with the rifles. Okay. The rifles from the time. Yes. So my guess is they actually found out how much bullet movement there was, hopefully, and added it to the game. Um, The downside is it's a frickin' another World War II shooter game. It feels like it's Yo, been... but we haven't had a lot of them recently. True. Right? I mean, most of the games nowadays, they, they moved away from the World War II shooters. Yes. Yeah, mind. now they're on the modern-day shooters, which... Yeah, I wouldn't mind a World War II shooter. So, yeah, it's got the World War II flair to it, and you're a sniper. Okay. I always was a fan of snipers, because... They're nowhere the time, near the combat. <laughs> yeah. Yet they're still deadly. Yes. Which, I tried playing a sniper in Team Fortress 2. It doesn't work. That game's just too fast-paced. It's hard to play a sniper in Team Fortress 2. That's why I play the heavy. You just point and shoot. Pray and spray. Spray and pray. Pray and spray. I don't remember which order it is. I think, I think it's, it's spray, spray and, and pray. Yeah, pr- spray and pray. Okay. This game, that doesn't work. Doesn't? No. No. Not if you're a sniper. No. I, I could see that not working at all. Um, there's also... Do you remember the, the thing that... Because uh, Penny Arcade played this game and it originally came out. There's a thing in there called the X-Ray Kill Cam. Yeah. So if you shoot a guy in the chest... The, the bullet will actually slow... You'll see the, the... Time will slow down. You'll see the bullet travel from your gun to the guy. And then it will be an x-ray of the guy's chest. As and it will actually show your bullet, through. you know, like, piercing the guy's lung or exploding the guy's heart. Okay. Which, after about two times, is boring pretty quickly. You get tired of it. Yes. You get tired of the mass destruction of organs. And most of the time, you're going for headshots anyway. So you just see a bullet enter a guy's head and blow out the back the of his skull. It hits the brain. Yeah. It hits the brain. Which most of the time, because of drop, it hits the guy in the mouth. Oh. That misses most of the brain. Yeah. Which I don't understand some of that. So I'm like, okay, so it takes out the guy's mouth, but does that really kill the guy well, right if away? If it punctures his trachea, he'll, he'll die of asphyxiation. Mm. Now, it's one of those things where it's like... I don't think all headshots are lethal. No. But the game calls it that way, so you're just going for headshots the entire time. So it's it's fun if you like being sneaky. As soon as you stop being sneaky, which sometimes the game forces you not to be sneaky, which is really annoying. Because mm-hmm. if I spent my time getting into some German secret base somewhere, and I get all the way to the very end, and the game decides, oh, you were discovered. Oh, please. I spent three hours sneaking in there, killing people, moving their bodies so nobody would discover them. Going one spot at a time 
using my silenced pistol in most cases, or killing people without any sound at all, and yet somehow the entire base knows I'm there. There was also well, a fact that... Um, I mean, a, a silenced pistol actually isn't that silent. I know. But there are also times where you can just go up behind people and break their neck. So that's pretty silent, at least for the game. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's, it's called a stealth kill, so I'll just leave it at that. So it's interesting if you like being sneaky and you like third-person shooters. It's currently about, what, $25 right now? There's a multiplayer aspect to it, but I haven't tried it out yet. Okay. Worth picking so, up for the, the reduced price? Um, I would say if you could rent it, probably be better. If you can find it somewhere to rent. Um, if, yeah, if you're not a shooter fan, you're not going to like this because it's shooting. Okay. And sometimes the, sometimes the enemies are an idiot. If I was an enemy soldier and I was just going through my routes and I saw a dead body, I think I would raise the alarm right away <laughs> rather than go, why is this dead body here? Let me look Where around. Where did the dead body come from? <laughs> No, you, you call it in. Yeah. You say, hey, there is a dead body here. Someone come and send back up and start looking. Rather than look, head to the dead body and then start walking around looking to say, hey, why is this guy dead? Is there somebody around here who killed him? I, I, along those lines, I beat Mark of the Ninja, by the way. Yeah. And in some of the, the later levels, you get to do things that terrify guards. Like Batman? Yeah. Like, so when you kill a guard, you can use your grappling hook to string him up from a light post. Oh. And then if another guard sees it, they can go into a state of terror where they just start shooting at things because you've scared them so much that they've just kind of lost it, which means that they'll actually start shooting at the other guards. Oh. The closest I can get to that is the fact that you can move bodies around once you've shot them, mm-hmm. and you can also plant landmines under the body. So when the guards see okay, a body lying somewhere... That's not good. That's, and I'm pretty sure that's actually against the Geneva Convention. <laughs> well, this is World War II, so... Were there but still, rules of engagement in World War II? What was the, when was the Geneva Convention? 1945? That would be before the end of World War II, Andy. The Geneva Convention. There's actually four Geneva Conventions. I'm pretty sure you can't put a landmine under a dead or wounded person. The agreements of 1949. Okay, so this which would... updated be- the terms of the first three treaties. Okay. Hasn't the U.S. actually not signed the Geneva Convention? We've signed the Geneva Convention. We have our rules of engagement. We were like the primary people behind the Geneva Convention at the last one. United States, you're right. There's something we didn't sign, though. Like the nuclear non-proliferation treaties? No, but there's something that we're, because uh, we're using different ammo than everybody else. No clue. I don't know. I'll have to look that one up at some point in the future. Okay. Random topic. All right. Random topic. Name some uses for floppy disks in the post-floppy disk era. Now, the question becomes, though, which size of floppy disk are you talking about? Are you talking about the 8-inch? Five and a half, three and a, was, is it three and a half, five and a quarter? Yeah, three and a half inch floppy, five and a, a quarter inch, or 8-inch. Well, for one thing, they're great for measuring things. Because they're all the same exact size. Right. So three and a half inch floppy, you have a ruler, basically, that's three and a half inches long. Or a, yeah, the eight-inch floppy disk. You have an eight-inch square right there. Yeah, I mean that's you know if if you need to measure something, if you want to estimate you know how long is it, is it bigger than a three and a half inch floppy? It's the same thing with a dollar bill. You can use that. It's like okay, one of these days I was actually going to take like a dollar bill and then cut it to be exactly six inches long. Andy, that is defacing money. I'll just snip a little bit off of each end. It will still work. Defacing money. That is illegal. Yeah. Um, I know with floppy disk drives, you can use them to play music. <laughs> well, but it was the question about the drive or the disk? No, it was the disks. Yeah, so one of the cool things that I actually did used to like doing is you can take a floppy disk, you can break it open and remove the actual floppy part. Yeah. And it's a really cool filter. Oh, yeah, I could, you could probably use it as a solar filter, couldn't you? You cannot use it as a solar filter. Oh, damn. It blocks enough of the visible light that, yes, you can look directly at the sun. It does not block enough of the Ultraviolet. non-visible light, which is what actually destroys your eyes when you're looking at the sun. Gotcha. Uh, don't do that. Don't. I mean, you, yeah, for very, very short times, go ahead, but don't do that. That's why you also need, if you're going to look at the sun, was it a level 10 welding mask? I think level 5. Or nine, one or the other. Was it? I think they said be, take, use a 10 to be safe, but... Yeah. <laughs> just, next time there's a solar eclipse, I should just raid the uh, the construction crew and grab Did you ever notice that most of the mad scientists seem to be wearing welding gear? Yeah. Like they have the big, huge, thick welding gloves, well, and they have... Again, the... 
you, you know, the, the stereotypical mad scientist isn't a mad scientist. They're mad engineers. But why are they called mad engineers? Because mad scientist has such a much better ring to it. True. But, but like all need... the people making doomsday weapons, those are engineers. They're not scientists. The, I think the only movie that really touched on that, though, was uh, Despicable Me. Um, I mean, what is it? The, the citizen. Shit. Disgruntled citizen? No. What was that movie called? I t- you're gonna have to give me more than just disgruntled. Uh, it it was an engineer who his wife and child were murdered, and the the lawyer for the guys who raped and murdered his wife and kid basically got them off. Oh, like one of them sold out the other, and so the one that that made the deal was able to get go free. Yeah. I think I know what movie you're talking about. What was the name of that movie? I don't know. It's something citizen. <sighs> I, oh shoot! I know. Oh. Hang on, hang on, hang on. IMDb citizen, law-abiding citizen. There we go. With Gerard Butler. James. Yeah, I was gonna say it had him in it. Yeah, and it wasn't Three Days, which was another Gerard Butler action movie. Yeah, but like that is the you know the, a mad engineer, a brilliant, fart gun, brilliant, brilliant movie. No, I said a dart gun. No, go go watch Law Abiding Citizen. Okay. Brilliant movie. Have you seen it? No. Go rent it. Okay. Or download it. Do something. It, it's good. I'll see if it's on Amazon. Go for it. But um okay, so floppy disks. Use them as a filter. They are make pretty cool looking um clocks. You could do art with them in some way. Um some sort of <laughs> you bookmark. Could, you could transport encrypted documents secretly. <laughs> because no one will be able to read them. <laughs> We have a, a USB floppy drive sitting here, actually, just kind of in case. It's actually what we had to do a long time ago with our IBM 286, because it had a 5.5 and, and a 3 quarter floppy disk drive, mm-hmm. so we were actually just copying things from the 5.5 uh, down to the 3.25, uh, the or 5.25 down to 3.5, so we could actually be used on the upstairs computer, so they didn't have the... 5-inch floppy disk drive. Yep. I think it's all I use that computer for for like three years sometimes because it was, oh, I want to play this game but it's only on five and a half. Crap. We just transfer it to that one and then move he'll be able off. to... Move it off. Like, move it off the five and a quarter. Wait, is Dark Knight Rises on Amazon Prime now? Ooh. Oh. Oh, it's not Prime Instant, though. Who's Forty- turn am I waiting at? Brendan, Andy, Brendan, Julie. What? It's my turn on something? It's your turn in two things. Damn it. Um, okay, so bookmarks. Uh, I've seen coasters. Coasters? Coasters would be a good use. Um, if you took a bunch of them and put them in a resin, you could use that as like a, a cover for a book. Mostly just craft projects. Yeah. Certainly not what they were originally designed for. You could use them as really dull throwing stars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Percussion. You could. Okay, I'm trying to think. You can make at least one, two, three distinct sounds with them. Is that my turn in two things? I only have one. Oh, I must have a different Andy in one of them. You have another Andy? What? Yes. Why was I not told of this? My uncle. But anyway, you, you can make at least three distinct sounds with them. So, percussive instrument, maybe. Maybe. I, I think don't... I've lost this game, by the way. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Damn you, Aaron. The hotel mergers? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was doing so well in that one. I was actually ahead for a while. Okay. Well, I think that's... I, I, I think we might have lost Andy now. Back to games by email. No, it's law well, abiding assistance and it's not free. Oh. I'm starting to dislike the Amazon Instant Video because you movie selection for... is yep. limited. It has all of West Wing on it, though. I would say it's good for most major TV shows, but... Alright, well, it's been a fun episode, everyone. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Hanukkah over? Hanukkah is over. Oh, okay. So, yep, see you all later. This has been another episode of the Random Access Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, corrections, suggestions, remarks, reviews, rebukes, retorts, or just rants, feel free to contact us. You can find us on Twitter at RAPodcast, or send us an email at mail at RAPodcast.net. Thank you for listening.